Do you know that there's going to be a referendum in Ireland soon? And the referendum is around the topic of abortion. And the, it's going to be put to the people in Ireland, the Republic of Ireland now. The, the question is whether they, they agree that legislation in relation to abortion should be able to be made by the parliament in Ireland, whether the Eructus, as it's called, should be entitled to pass legislation on the topic of abortion. It may actually be on the topic of the unborn. I'm not totally sure of the exact uh, wording in the referendum. This uh, referendum should take place on 27th of the month, 20, uh, 27th of May. Uh, it'll be a Friday, I think. And uh, the country is already you know, in the middle of a campaign, and I believe the campaign will hot up. What's happened already, and I think this is maybe worth saying at this stage, is that the campaign that is going on around this referendum, the campaign, so it has is not about whether the Eroctus should or shouldn't be entitled to pass legislation. There are some references to that, but most of the debate by far, I would say 99% of the debate, is really going on around the question of whether or not abortion should be permitted in the Republic of Ireland. It is not permitted at present. The, um, this is uh, an issue about which, like probably most people, I have uh, thoughts and feelings and wishes and hopes and, uh, in other words, I have strong views on this topic. And I've thought about saying nothing, but that not sure whether that feels irresponsible or whether it feels like a wise thing to do because I can sometimes I have to be careful I'm bipolar and I need to be in control or if you like or careful that my emotions don't get uh, too strongly resurrected it's not really good for me to get excited about you know what's going on that's outside my control that's not good I've uh, done that many times in the past I've overloaded myself and I've come crashing into a depression and in my case depression doesn't last for two or three days it goes on not for two or three months but it goes on for many more months than that without a break so you can see why I might be reticent to start talking I mean I'm not going out with placards 
I'm not going out canvassing. But talking and entering into anything like an argument, which would, you know, you can imagine, no matter what side I'm on, that my blood would boil, and many people's blood will boil. There, there are likely to be relatively few people who are ambivalent about this topic. It doesn't mean they'll all vote. But, uh, so what I've decided to do is, and this will be my first episode in, yeah, this, this is the start of a new episode here which I'm recording on Anchor, but an episode to which I will add, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep all the, all the, uh, all the contributions that I make myself, or all the, the talking I do about the topic, and any talking that other people send to me, I'm going to keep them all in one place. So unless something strange happens, I'll, I'll publish any messages that are sent to me by people. So that's it, really. Um, that, means, <laughs> that means a month or so of audio. It might turn out to be a long episode. I got a huge shock this morning. I was doing something else here in Cafe Beva, and I looked across at the table on the next to me, and I saw a headline that said, O'Rourke paid for women to travel for abortions. This is a front page headline in the Irish Examiner, and the subtitle to it is I didn't look at the legalities they came to me for practical help and that's a quotation. The article is by Daniel McConnell, their political editor. The reason this is a shock is that Mary O'Rourke is a minister, was was a minister in the Fianna Fáil government of Ireland and she was the deputy leader of Fianna Fáil, and she retired from politics in 2011. That's important, but many of you won't realise that Mary O'Rourke is the grand dame of Irish politics. The closest equivalent to Barbara Bush I can think of. Anyway, she's alive and kicking, Mary O'Rourke, and I'm going to read you now the article. The reason I find it, sh it is shocking also has a little context in that the leader of the Finnfall Party, current leader of the Finnfall Party, Holmar, has come out in favour on in the on the yes side in the referendum, in favour of repealing the clause in the constitution which prevents um, <coughs> the Eruptus from passing legislation in relation to abortion. Um, so, um, and uh, the majority in the Fianna Fáil party are on the other side. So the Fianna Fáil party is split uh, over the issue. 
and will not be campaigning as a party during this uh, referendum. Individuals will campaign and there are plenty of people in Fianna Fáil who are totally uh, on the no side. And Mary O'Rourke, I'm, I'm completely what we call gobsmacked. So here we go. Here's what Daniel McConnell has written today, today being uh, Thursday, April 26, 2018. Former Fianna Fáil Minister and Deputy Leader Mary O'Rourke has revealed that she paid for two women to go to England to have an abortion. Mrs O'Rourke, who retired from active politics in 2011, said she, said she finally helped the two women who were deeply distressed to travel to Liverpool and London during the 1990s. Quote, I remember distinctly helping two women financially. One went to Liverpool and the other went to London to have an abortion. I distinctly remember all the details. I remember the, the sordid reasons, very sad reasons, in which, why they were going, she told the Irish Examiner. The Athlone-based veteran politician has made her comments in the context of the forthcoming referendum on May the 25th, and she said her vast experience had left her conflicted and undecided as how to vote. Quote, I have been around a long time, and it is exactly why I am undecided, because I have seen too much of life to see it as either black or white. Simply, it is not black or white. People do an injustice to those in the middle who are unsure. End quote. Mrs. O'Rourke said she responded to the two separate requests for help from women when she was an opposition TD in the mid 1990s. Quote, they were separate cases, but each case were distinctly distressed and made a huge impression on me, and that is why I am so conflicted. End quote. She was asked if she considered the legalities or the potential for negative public fallout if news had gotten out that she had helped the women financially. Quote, they were going anywhere, no matter what I said. I didn't look at the legalities. I was not a police officer. They came to me for practical help, and you know what that meant, she said. Quote, actually, I think I was in opposition, so 1994 to 1997. I remember now that I wasn't as harried as you would be if you were a minister. So I was a plain TD. But who wouldn't try to help a woman in their hour of need? She added. Mrs. O'Rourke also spoke about the two cases on TV3's Tonight Show on Tuesday night. She said the two women involved were not simply looking for the easy way out of having their baby. Quote, they weren't just saying, I just don't want a baby. No, they were not. So I am weighing all that up. I also feel those women did not have access to contraception, and it was one of the reasons why it happened like that, she said. Mrs. O'Rourke commented to the Irish examiner, commenting to the Irish examiner, said that the two women came to her in her constituency office, which she ran from her home. Quote, it was very evocative. You ran your constituency office from the house. Enda, her husband, had converted one of the rooms into an office. That was how we did my business, she said. She says she still sees one of the women now. Quote, I see one of them frequently. She seems to have since had a family, but I lost touch with the other. Asked to why she is so conflicted on the issue of abortion, given what she said, Mrs. O'Rourke said, there is no two cases the same. I wish it could be. 
I wish it could be straightforward for me, but it just isn't. Meanwhile, Liberty D and former Tonister Joan Burton asked if the charity's regulator would be subjecting all churches to the same scrutiny as the Project Arts Centre after it ordered a pro-repeal mural to be painted over. Quote, if the charity, charity's regulator is going to take action against a simple poster which contains nothing offensive and deem it to be political, is the Minister of State telling me as holder of his office that the same regulator will go into the churches and check out the material there? Mrs Burton asked Minister of State Sean Kind. OK, I'll stop there. There may be more stuff inside the newspaper, but... And I may... It's just a, what Mary O'Rourke said. I had no idea this had happened. It's Thursday now. She said it on Tuesday night. I don't watch television. So uh, this will have some influence. She is speaking to people in the middle. And, you know, you could say there's no point in speaking to people on either extreme if you want to have an influence. There's no point in speaking to your own people if you are on the no side or on the yes side. Although there is the issue of getting out the vote. So therefore, you know, some effort has to be put into getting out the vote. Although I actually think that the people whose votes you want to get out are the people in the middle. But that's just me. The facts of the situation is that there are verbatim statements by Mary O'Rourke. Um, I say to myself is if one woman politician was prepared to do that in the 1990s when what she was doing was pretty certain to be illegal and certainly politically hugely damaging if it got out at that time. How many other deputies or senators did the same thing? How many of them gave information? How many doctors gave information? Here's what you do, here's where you go, here's whatever. And here's you know, how many Irish people behaved behind the scenes in a helpful, supportive and charitable way as far as the women who wanted an abortion are concerned. I have absolutely no way of knowing. Wow, Paula Manny, this is a big subject for you to take on. I can see why you're expressing a conservative stance over your emotions around this with your mental health because it is a it's a huge topic and like you said emotions can run high here's my take on it I had two terminations when I was young in my 20s I won't go into the situation and the circumstances as to why at the time I felt compelled many years later I regretted it and I felt terrible that I had done this especially when I had miscarriages after this fact. However, even though I don't like the idea of taking the life off of an unborn child, I understand why women feel the need to do this. I felt the need to do it, and I did. And even with the regret that I felt, I still have the opinion that people are going to do it. And if you don't legalise it, then you'll end up with 
women in shonky backyard establishments having terrible things done to them. And maybe it's not like this anymore. Maybe there are abortion clinics that run under the radar that are well operated. But I think it should always be a woman's choice as to what happens to her body. You could look at the legalization of marijuana and you could say before marijuana was legalized, a whole bunch of dodgy things happened around the sale of that drug. And now they've discovered that it has all these different uses and they're prescribing medical marijuana and they're realizing that the use of recre recreational marijuana isn't as bad as they thought. However, that's a totally different thing to an abortion. But whether it's a bad thing or a good thing for a woman is ultimately that woman's decision. So I am pro-legalization of abortion. Always have been. Oh, and there's my alarm <laughs> to tell me to have my coffee after my medical marijuana oil. Which I can now purchase legally, which is amazing for my health. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely pro. And I'm not going to go deeply into the reasons why. I mean, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Because I don't like the idea of killing anything, even animals. And yet I eat them. I'm a meat eater. So I think we have certain double standards in our lives that are almost impossible to avoid sometimes. Some people might say, right, that's it, I'm going to be a vegan. But in my circumstances, if I were living on a farm where I had to kill animals to eat them, would I kill them? Who can say? I haven't been in that position yet, and I'd, I think it's really hard for somebody else to put themselves in the shoes of someone who's pregnant with an unwanted child in a situation that is untenable. So once again, I would say I am pro-legalisation of abortion. Georgie B, thank you very much. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for telling your story, saying what you did. And I've included it in the episode. As I said, I would do with any contributions that I received on the topic. I've listened to it only once. I'll, I will listen to it many times. And your story has, even as I'm talking to you now about it, and thanks, I'm deeply affected by it. It isn't something that happens very often. You're a great woman. Yeah, hey Paul, this is Vicky, Gypsy Clipper, and uh, yeah, the abortion issue, you know, from someone that's had two in her life, and numerous morning after pills, and I've been on birth control since I was 12, I'm 51 years old, and I have had, continue to have a period like clockwork, I have made some mistakes. I would not have chosen to have either abortion, given given the choice, but they were a situation that it, it was I just mismanagement on my part. Both of them were um, four weeks in a day, you know. I mean, because as soon as I didn't have my period, which which happens on a regular basis, on like clockwork, I knew exactly what the issue was, and uh, both situations cost me dearly, emotionally and financially. And, um, 
But would I do it again if the situation came up? Both cases, yes, I would. And uh, the same with the morning after pill. We have, we have the um, ability to um, get them without a prescription. And, uh, I, and I believe you have up to 72 hours after you had unprotected sex. Um, both situations, you know, I, I was a drug addict at that time. And um, so not in total control of my faculties. Therefore, you know, that's how it happened. I honestly, you know, you know, was a blackout drunk at that point in my life, I, you know, both times. Um, one was uh, when I was very young, 18, and the other time was uh, when I was, uh, I guess, uh, 49, 50, maybe. <clears throat> but both times, um, like I said, I would do it again, and I, and I, I think it's sad that uh, this is a issue that should be uh, fought over. And I can't listen. This is Vicky again, Gypsy Clipper. And I cannot listen to your show today. And I appreciate you for putting that um, in the first part of the conversation. Because I don't think anyone should have an opinion about someone else's body. One way or the other. I don't, I don't, I don't care what your stand is. It's just my opinion also. I mean, you're entitled. And I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't try to talk you out of it one way or the other. And I also um, have been... Um, uh, I, I also helped a, another friend of mine um, get one when she was very young. 17 years old. And that was 20, 30 years ago. And, uh, and that was... Um, Seven hundred dollars at that point. They haven't. They haven't gone up much in short in, in price. <laughs> so I mean, actually, they've gone down somewhat. But yeah, I appreciate your show. I I try to listen. Every, I do listen every day. But today, no. I was walking in the woods with uh, my dog uh, Prince Louis, and all the way uh, during the walk of th at least three and a half kilometers. I was listening to a podcast episode um, from a podcast called The Art of Being Human, Vernacular. Um, I was very attracted by the title of the podcast. Um, I'd never come across it before. And I was also attracted by the title of the episode, which was something to do like 40 years after Roe abortion in America. Now, although I know about Roe v. Wade a little bit, I, I thought, well, I'm going to listen to this. It'll give me some education about American law and whatever. Anyway, I found it quite, well, fascinating to listen to, to the episode. It must have been about an hour long. And the two people who do it sound, well, are actually of, I was going to say I shouldn't, the woman is of childbearing age, I think, and uh, it turns out at the end of it, at the end of the podcast episode, that they are hoping to adopt uh, a child. And they had a number of guests on as well, and I found it particularly interesting to listen to their positions and the um, viewpoints they put forward. They're not a, a podcast which encourages debate or argument or anything like that. But um, And actually, I don't think that they're going to be aware that I've sent them about half a dozen messages 
while I was listening, I suspect they their podcast is put out on a lot of different places, and uh, if I was minded to, you know, contact them by another way other than Anchor, I'd be better to send them an email. But um, never mind. I I. Uh, I found the episode worth listening to. I'm going to include reference to it here in my own episode entitled Abortion in Ireland. Um, I know I'm not, and I'm not gonna summarize their position. Um, I think it'd be sufficient to say that they are on the side of the argument, if you like, or debate uh, that would say that um, abortion is a bad thing for women and for society and um, yeah, I mean I'm, I'm not doing justice to them but I just want to people can find their episode if they want to, but it will, this at least will remind me in a <laughs> you know, in future months or who knows, in a year's time that uh, I did listen to their podcast episode and I did listen to the case being put forward by, there was a legal person, there was a woman who might also have been a lawyer who was part of a campaign group um, and uh, some others as well. Oh, a man who had written a book. Um, yeah. Now that I've sent, oh, I will have access to what I said because I've sent it to them. Ah, oh, that's quite good. That means that I could add what I said myself to this uh, to this uh, podcast. Mm. I just realised that I didn't upload my uh, short response to Gypsy Clipper, uh, Vicky. So this is following her three messages and um, I should have uploaded this before. So this in no way relates to what I've just said in relation to the, the podcast from the United States. Vicky, thank you ever so much. I all I can say is that it's very good to hear your experience, and I've added it to the um, podcast episode. I'm very grateful. Maybe you've heard what Georgie D had to say. The ambient sound is the sound of my lovely cafe, Cafe Beva, where I'm having a bowl of soup and reading the most popular newspaper in Ireland, which is called the Irish Independent. And this is what it says underneath the headline, Claire Byrne tackles abortion. Claire Byrne live, RTE1, that's television, tonight, nine, at 9.35 p.m. Quote, quote, well, only 11 days to go, 
Actually, no, I won't read it that way. I'll tell you as I go along. Yes, 11 days to go. 11 days, Claire says, until we finally put Ireland's vexed abortion issue behind us. Just think, in 12 days' time, we'll, we'll have finally sorted out this mess. And we're never going to have to discuss the issue ever again. Ever. Of course, that's not true, and it's a piece of uh, irony. This uh, piece, by the way, is not written by Claire Byrne. It's written by Ian O'Doherty, the, uh, who's... Uh, headline in the paper is called Channel Hopper. He goes on, well, maybe not. In fact, there's a high probability that we're witnessing the first front of a cultural civil war which will get more fractious as time goes on. Now that the those pesky foreign ads have been banned to protect our precious, delicate Irish minds from being influenced by outside agents, we get the opportunity tonight to be influenced by inside agents instead. I am going to either watch this television program or record it. I'm not sure which. Clareburn Live referendum special on tonight is an extended edition of the show. But while the runtime has been increased to 90 minutes, yeah, it's usually half an hour long, and they usually cover a few different topics, really. They could probably do a non-stop show between now and May the 25th and still not change some opinions. Oh, well, absolutely right. I have to admit that my own opinion is, uh, won't change. It's been, it's been grown um, during my life. Uh, too many years, I think, to be changed during referendum campaign. Uh, he goes on, regardless of what way you intend to vote, most people can agree that the whole debate started off with a reasonable degree of civility. True, I guess. Um, however, over the last two weeks I've been surprised with how little debate there has been. And But the whole abortion referendum debate seems to have been blown off the front page of the newspapers at least and the front page of the news by a very uh, different issue to do with cervical cancer screening and uh, withholding by the medical profession of information from women about uh, the reliability or lack of reliability of the test results for saving given already. Sorry, that's all in parenthesis. Anyway, Ian carries on talking about the way in which the debate started off and the debate. He says that the debate has rapidly dissipated as we get closer to voting day. I don't think it's rapidly dissipated. I think dissipated means it kind of disappeared. Well, perhaps they're talking about the civility has rapidly dissipated. I'm sure that's what he means. I'm sure that's what I should have understood. Tonight's episode features leaders from both campaigns as well as contributions and questions from the studio audience. I wonder who will be in the studio audience. The host tends, that's host, Cleburne, tends to excel when dealing with the thornier topics. And they don't come much thornier than this 
So she will have her work cut out trying to keep the opposing sides from going at each other with cudgels. Well, okay, that's hyperbolic and metaphoric. So good luck with that. Yeah, and that's really... I have recorded the, an episode of entitled, I think it's entitled Abortion in Ireland. My original intention was to put up there, and I expected it would be a new piece of audio every second day, really, but put up there elements of the abortion um, campaign, the referendum campaign, um, to put them up there. Um, you know, if there was a big row or a major new point made or something that I was interested in, and that I thought you might be interested in, I would make a new episode, but I have been um, disappointed, I suppose, that if I look back and I haven't counted the days on the last two, three weeks, I doubt very much that I've put up, well, I know I haven't put anything up in the last two weeks. So instead of adding this particular piece of audio to the original audio, I'm going to put it in two places. I'm going to put it in the original place because if somebody listens to it there, they'll realize that they need to go to a new episode on my on my podcast. And they're going to put it up again on as a as a separate episode. Uh, in the hope, I suppose. Yeah, true. And um, you know, if I watch this thing tonight or watch it maybe later then it starts, I will be able to summarize the positions of both sides. Even though I have got a strong uh, view on the topic, I also have a, a second strong view, which is that there's massive value in public discourse, debate, about this topic. Um, Ireland has too few public debates, if you like, too few significant differences within, and it is, for my taste, too conservative a society still, although, of course, people would say it's an awful lot less conservative than uh, when I left it in, in 1995. So there, that's, uh, please, uh, if you're interested in the topic, please uh, chip in. I, I am very pleased that both um, Gypsy, 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 what's your second name? It'll come back to me, of course, as soon as I stop trying to remember. And Georgie D have um, made pieces of audio, sent them to me personal stories which they and I have been very pleased to have shared. So your views, your stories, in any way connected with abortion, no matter what point of view you hold or what experience you've had, I, I welcome. Thank you. Now I go back to my soup.